We need to talk. It has just gone 12.30 here on We Need to Talk. Good afternoon, everybody, and welcome along to the show. My name is Michael John Oliver, and this is We Need to Talk, the marketing podcast that is to marketing what the Harlem Globetrotters are to athletic achievements. I am the marketing director at MBK Search, and it's fantastic to have everyone along this afternoon. On this week's show, I'll be joined by Laura Marshall from the Focus Cloud Group to talk pride rainbow washing and what brands can do to actually make it worthwhile and then at towards the end of the end of the show we'll finish with our usual spot of club chatter because my friends we have issues and we need to talk we need to talk but first folks as we do normally on at this time on We Need to Talk, we're going to ascend to the mountaintop because We Need to Talk has to pay solemn tribute. And this week, our collective thoughts are with the veritable go-getters of LinkedIn society. These are the people for whom we may not recognize by name or face, but I guarantee they know us, or so they say. Yes, you can imagine sitting there at work reading the latest reckonings on LinkedIn.com when suddenly, out of nowhere, a connection request comes through and your heart goes all aflutter that someone, an, an, an online suitor, has deemed you worthy of connecting with. And so you visit the notification and you realize that you have absolutely no idea who this person is. But they seem fine. There's no obvious kind of serial killer vibes or, or worse, a bio that mentions crypto, AI, or Jordan Peterson. In fact, they've gone the whole nine yards and they've even written you a note, a kind of a, a little detail of decorum saying they want to connect with you so they can grow their connections. Well, but by all means, you think. This person must have seen my award-winning content and thought, I need to get in on the ground floor of this guy. So vampire-like, you invite them into your LinkedIn house and that's when the bloodletting begins. Because you fool, you mad rash fool, it was all a ruse. It was all an elaborate front. Because the second you let them into your profile, they immediately hit you with a sales pitch. Whether it's video production or web development or brand awareness or programmatic advertising, leads, leads, leads. You let your guard down for a second, and they made themselves right at home. And how dare you, you say, how dare you violate the sanctity of this terrible website to dupe me into accepting your connection request, and then immediately get me to try and buy stuff. Well, yes, there are a few things more, they think a few things worse than clandestine sales pitches masquerading as connection requests. Well, you know, there are worse things like genocide, Vladimir Putin, and whatever the fuck it was that Apple released this week. And that is why, folks, I have a very simple solution for dealing with these kinds of requests. One that affords me some peace of mind and challenges would-be salespeople to seriously consider whether I am worth trying to sell to at all. And that thing is called Father Time. 
And if you're someone who connects with people on LinkedIn just to immediately hit them with a sales pitch, you're probably used to getting an immediate response, either one way or the other, but not with me. You see, I will accept a salesperson's LinkedIn connection request, but under one condition. You cannot pitch me your goods or services for a full calendar month. So during that time, LinkedIn's algorithm is going to force feed you my unique online bullshittery. Everything from shit posts through to hot takes and even this holy sacred podcast. If you want my money, LinkedIn salespeople, you gotta pay for an all-access pass to the MJO show. But beyond that, I think it's a powerful statement of autonomy. You're not beholden to the whims of someone trying to sell you leads. You're the master of your own domain. You are the captain of your soul. So the next time someone you've never met before fires off a connection request, let them kick back and enjoy the show for just a little bit. As you never know, they might end up asking you for an encore. And friends, that is the view from the mountaintop. We need to talk. It is 25 minutes to one here on We Need to Talk. And folks, as the weather in the UK tries valiantly to launch summer, brands across the world are pulling out the rainbow-colored decorations all in the name of pride. Everything from logos through to packaging, they're getting their LGBTQ plus bump. But what is supposed to be a celebration of love and authenticity has been seemingly hijacked and become just another thing for brands to jump on. And what could be a timely opportunity for companies to demonstrate real, tangible support for their LGBTQ employees, customers and clients has been reduced to base commodification and banal virtue signaling. They call it rainbow washing, and we need to talk about it. I'm joined by Laura Marshall from Cloud, from Focus Cloud Group. Good afternoon, Laura. Good afternoon. How are you doing? I'm doing very well. You are a member of the LGBTQ plus community, and as, as someone who works in marketing, what, yeah. what does pride mean to you? So, obviously, pride is a... Is is a time to you know celebrate the community and actually see the wins that we've made over the past god knows how many years um so yeah it's it's a it's a time to celebrate but also you know pride is still a protest and there is still a long way to go so you shared a, a very moving video yourself on, on linkedin about your own journey as, as a queer person how important yeah. was it to share that it was difficult. Um, as I put in my post, I, I, I originally wanted to share it for the LGP, LGBTQ plus history month back in February, but I just didn't have the balls. <laughs> I was like, I don't know what, I don't want to offend anyone. I don't want any backlash. And then I just thought, do you know what? It's Pride Month, sod it. I'm going to post it. And if I get backlash, I get backlash. I didn't, which is good. Um, and I just thought it's time for people to actually hear from someone that has gone through it. And if it helps just one person, then I've succeeded. And you could have chosen any social media channel to share it on, but you you did choose LinkedIn. Why mm. why why LinkedIn? Why that channel? Well, um, obviously I talk about my dad. Um, I talk about my other half's mum they don't know that I've done this video. Um, and that's purely because we've come on so far in the 
God no, what, 14 years since I've been out um, and the 11 years since I've been with my other half, who is also called Laura. It's very confusing. Um, I didn't want to upset them and I didn't want to go back to how we were. So I purely just put it out there for my professional network, my private network, my, my home life. They don't know that I've done this video apart from a very small minority of my friends and family. And when you think about that aspect, that you you shared something uh, so so intimate, so so personable mm. on what is ostensibly a, a professional network, but you think you haven't shared it on something personal, how do those mm. two kind of thoughts act together? I mean, I wish I had the the confidence to post it on my personal page because I know that my friends and my my family do support me 100% but like I said I just didn't want to upset my family that I've made so many steps forward with but I thought with it being pride month and especially working within marketing and with, with teams you know companies should be supporting their LGBTQ um, people within their within their brands so I thought, let's put it out there on a professional platform so that people can actually hear it and know how their colleagues may be feeling or what they've gone through. And it's just a chance to to open up that conversation between someone within the community and someone who's curious and wants to learn. You mentioned as someone who works in marketing, you are mm-hmm. acutely aware of the, the outward displays of support for, for pride among among brands oh yes (laughs) yeah how do you feel about seeing that stream of rainbow colored logos and banners it's do you know what i'll take you back to when i first started uh in marketing at the the focus cloud group so my manager ryan um it was my first pride with him last year and he he took me to one side and he said i need to talk to you he said how do we How do we go about pride as a company? And I said, first of all, do not change the logo to rainbow colors because that means nothing. That means absolutely nothing to us. Yeah, you're you're putting it out there, but are you really actually doing something to show that you do support the community? So I helped put together like a, a slideshow just to educate our network our clients our candidates just to to to, so they are aware of pride and to give them a bit more of a history of it i didn't i just think all this rainbow washing or pink washing as it's known um it's just that's my thoughts I i don't like it at all as part of the community it's you mentioned that Ryan, your your boss, reached out to mm. you and and made made that conscious effort to say how can we do this properly, but beyond, absolutely beyond um, beyond that initial approach and certainly allowing you the space and time to to do that and to talk about it, what things has Cloud Focus Group done to to really make that part of their DNA? They're they're a very um, inclusive group anyway. Um, We have all different walks of life working for for us as a company. Um, And they, when I say they're a family, it's, I know it's the most cliche thing in the world, but you really do feel like part of a family within the Focus Cloud group and everyone is accepted for who they are, you know, whether they're gay, whether they're of, of, a different ethnicity everyone is part of that family and 
I feel that everyone within the group can talk to each other without fear of offending people. And it is just like the, the conversation is open and everyone can talk about their experiences and everything and it would it would be accepted and you will be listened to. And what has that meant for you? It's just, it's a lot easier for me. Um, there's been times in my past with previous jobs where I've had to hide who I am until I feel completely comfortable with who I'm working with. Um, when I first came out, I was actually working at Butlins. Now, as you can imagine, there was quite a few people within the community in that job. So it was a lot easier. And we called it the Butlins bubble because you felt safe. But once I stepped out into the real world with real work, I felt like I sort of had to reduce who I was so that I could get a feel for how they would accept me. With the Focus Cloud group, I have felt that I could be who I who I wanted to be from day one. And I haven't felt anything but love from them. Absolutely. I mean, that that's having, just knowing that is there almost without having to be spoken of, that it is, it mm. is part of what the business is about and mm -hmm. it doesn't need any overt displays of, uh, of one thing or the other. You just know it's there. That has to be incredibly comforting and also absolutely for building a career and building your confidence at work that's that has to be incredible too yeah <laughs> it does it does help with confidence <laughs> it's it's really interesting because i i feel my sense with with marketing particularly marketing in recruitment is that there's mm. a lot of work to be done there's a lot of ground yeah. to cover and that mm -hmm. i feel it, it does tend to lean fairly heavily towards sort of heteronormativity and that, that prevailing mm. sense that it's it's worse to be seen to not be doing something than to actually do something meaningful. Hence the the cavalcade of rainbow logos and uh, and all those kind of things across social media as, as well. Mm. I think that there's something to be said about performative allyship and that it's actually a lot less useful than brands realize. Is that just mm -hmm. a lack of understanding on on their part or is there something about, oh goodness, we just ha we have to do something otherwise we can't, you know, it would be worse for us to be seen to be doing nothing. Absolutely. I mean, I can, I can totally get where brands come from when they're like, oh my God, if we don't put something out, then we're going to be seen as, you know, homophobic or, you know, we don't support them. So we need to do something, but it's one thing changing your logo but it's another thing actually putting something out there that people can learn from and this, someone that your net people people within your network can actually take from instead of just a rainbow logo <laughs> absolutely and, and it is more than just sort of that external comms piece as well isn't it it has to be yeah. part of what working for this business is like uh, and, yeah it, and i think that's people say that culture is what you do rather than what you say you do and mm -hmm. you can smell a rat a mile away particularly in marketing where we are in the we're in the business of spinning we're in the business of you know creating narratives and telling stories we we know we know intuitively when we're bullshitting and i think that <laughs> this <Yeah. laughs> this this in particular is one of those things where you, you you know, you get an email from a director or someone to say, hey, can we, ch you know, can we change the logo to a rainbow colored logo? And you think, 
oh yes, of course, because it's that time of the year. But something mm. right at the, not even at the back of your mind, right at the forefront of your mind thinks, oh, what, we're doing this just to be seen to be doing something. And it's a completely mm. useless demonstration. Yeah. And it should be, it shouldn't just be for, you know, I'm not expecting everyone to, you know, have a rainbow logo for 12 months of the year, but have that support and allyship for that 12 months of the year. Yes, pride is one month, but pride should be 12 months. Same with, you know, Black History Month. It shouldn't just be one month. People should learn and want to learn more about these different months of the year. 12 months of the year it shouldn't just be put down to one month absolutely it's the uh, i remember interviewing someone who said one of the things that businesses forget about when they talk about diversity and inclusion is that inclusion is the part that lasts diversity mm. you could almost present a, a, a fact sheet and say look we've increased our headcount by x amount tick 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 but inclusion is a lot more involved it involves a lot more hard work and I think a lot of businesses shy away from it because it it brings to the fore a lot of really uncomfortable things and a lot of and people have to reconcile with a lot of feelings and a lot of attitudes which they've internalized or normalized and mm. actually know that there are better ways and perhaps yeah, more inclusive ways and uh, better ways of being part of a business community or part of a company culture. I think that that strikes me as one of the things that businesses have been really kind of lacking in is that they don't really want, they want to be seen to have the conversation, but they don't really want to kind of get into the nitty gritty and get really into where, what they're about and who they're about and whether or not inclusion is something they truly, truly believe in. Yeah, yeah. It's also, you know, part of the part of the world now is that people don't want to be seen to say something that may offend someone, um, which I totally get, 100% get. But you've got to, if you truly believe in something, like if, if you say that you are an ally for the LGBTQ plus community, don't be afraid to say it and say how you support them. What are some of the examples that you've seen of you know, pink washing and rainbow washing that have just made your skin crawl and made you go, oh, for fuck's sake, why, why? <laughs> I have to say that the main one that I saw, um, it was a very big brand. Um, I don't, I, am I okay to name names? I you, mean, what are the chances of them actually hearing this? Oh, uh, yeah. Mercedes. Oh. Um, so they changed their logo to a nice rainbow Mercedes color. It was beautiful, lovely, like really nicely done. But then you just know, and if you look at their uh, their logo for other regions in the world, they won't change it because it's offensive to that particular area of the world. And I just think... Don't just do it for one part of the world. Do it for everything, just to show that you are a true ally of the community. Mm -hmm. There's, uh, I remember reading a piece written by Mark Ritson, I think it was last year, around about the time of Black History Month. And he said mm. a really interesting exercise is to see every single brand which is talking about Black History Month and everything around that, going on their corporate website and seeing just how many black people are on their board. 
or how many mm. black people are in positions of leadership. And often, you know, the the what has been said and what's been done, there's a, a massive disconnect. And this sort of strikes me as, as being another clear example of that. Absolutely, absolutely. Another another example I saw um, another company actually putting something out there about how you can, you know, be diverse and, and support, you know, do the diversity and inclusion things. And it actually said, actively recruit for those people within the community. Mm. At the end of the day, you should just get the job because of who you are not because if you're gay not because if you're black not because if you're a woman you should get it because you're good at that job and as someone a part of a, like a minority i find that yeah okay am i just another box ticked mm. do you know what i mean so as as someone who I guess, well, not even technically, who literally falls into the box of being a, a disabled person. One of the things that mm. would drive me crazy is that I knew if I was outward about about my disability and about what I what I have, that I would end mm. up being labelled Michael, he has dot, 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 as opposed to mm. not being like Michael, he works in marketing, or Michael, he likes photography, and he likes music. And it, the identity sort of subsumes every other aspect of who I am and what I'm about. I'd, I'd like to know that the the support and the care and the love and all of that is there, but I just mm-hmm. want to know it's there. I don't need to have to you know, go out out of my way to uh, say I need to access it or this is, this is what I want it to be. I want it to be out of, I just want to know it's there. I don't need to mm. have to you know, promote that. And I, and I, again, I hate the idea of being considered... Uh, kind of like someone's tick box to say, hey, we, yeah. actually, we do have someone here who meets that criteria. What do they do? Are they actually any good at their job? Ah, doesn't matter. They kind of tick the box. <laughs> Done. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, it's funny because I do I do make jokes uh, within within the, our marketing team because there's 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 me, um, there's Ryan, and and then there's my colleague Rachel, and I say it's all right. I've ticked I've ticked the gay box. You've got you've got the gay box within the marketing team and they just laugh but it's it's me like having that banter i'm able to to basically take the piss out of what quite a few companies do where they just tick boxes Mm. and it's i should be known as laura not laura you know the gay one Mm. do you know what i mean i took and so i can totally relate to you with regards to you know you wanting to be not michael not michael with the disability absolutely Absolutely, and it's when you know you're in, in, in an environment where that isn't, it's it's there, you know, everyone knows it's there, everyone acknowledges it, but mm. it's not the focal point. That is no. where you know, yeah. there, there is that degree of comfort. Can I, I tell you the, the worst example I've seen? It, it's one which I, I saw just yesterday, um, and I, I, couldn't, I couldn't believe that it actually existed, but apparently it does. Um, so we are, we are really buzz marketing on this this. Hello, Sacred Podcast, but, you know, for Marks and Spencer's, Marks and Spencer's Food uh, released a, a, a sandwich. Um, and out- <laughs> I know exactly what you're going to yeah, say. Yeah, the, the LGBT sandwich, <laughs> which is resplendent in rainbow packaging, and it stands for mm-hmm. lettuce, guacamole, bacon, and tomato. I mean, happy pride, everybody. You've got sustenance. <laughs> Just, I don't even like tomatoes. Uh, it, like, <laughs> the 
thing is, how does I know a brand the size of Marks and Spencers would have like a a sign off process, which would be about five or six people long, to say nothing of like mm. an agency sign off process as well. How did that get out there? How did someone not go? You know what, guys? This is not only incredibly tone deaf, but the dumbest fucking shit we have done as a brand <laughs> ever. Yeah, I agree. Hundred percent agree. <laughs> it's, 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 it's the stuff of power. But hey, they tried. Bless them. They but, tried, but failed miserably. Yeah, it's. I, I feel that it, it's incredible to me that we aren't having on a more larger scale, more nuanced discussions about how do we how do we make inclusion how do we make that a part of our dna part of who we are and rather should we should we call our sandwich lgbt during pride month like the fact that that's the base level that a lot of brands are shooting for blows my fucking mind yeah uh, <laughs> you you touched on this before uh, the idea that pride isn't just a 12 12 uh, a month-long celebration it should be something that is part of the entire year part of the entire calendar and if there's mm -hmm. one thing that you hope that brands would would do and start to consider once pride has finished once we hit july the first and all the logos go back to being normal what is one thing you wish brands would start thinking about just continue to to show the community that they do support they do support you and you know, just see, it's, it's difficult. Like I, I totally understand like working within marketing, like I can't be like me personally, I can't be putting out LGBTQ stuff every single month because I have got the brands that I need to look after and, and put out relevant information for them. But just to, you know, just share articles that you, that you agree with as, as a company to do with the community. But that doesn't just go for, you know, Pride Month. Like I said, it goes for every awareness month. It, sh it just continue to try and spread the support and the the education of why we have to celebrate it for one month, and but it should be for 12. Does that make sense? Absolutely. That made sense in my head. <laughs> It's, it certainly ring, it rings home with, with me as well. We, yeah. Coming up to one o'clock here. On, we need to talk. We need to talk. We've, we've got just enough time, Laura, to squeeze in some pub chatter. So we imagine ourselves outside the pub on a, it actually is quite a nice day today, believe it or not, universe. You know, talking <laughs> about the world of marketing and all things brand. And Laura, what would be on your pub chatter menu for this week? Do you know what? It's the uh, it's the new Apple headset. What is that? Yeah, I I think <laughs> if, if you are in the business of doing minion cosplay, that thing is fucking incredible. Like it's, but I can't believe that a brand. This is their first product release since Apple Watch in 2014, and they have produced what is what is essentially the dorkiest looking thing I I have ever seen. <laughs> And it just kind of puts paid to an idea that tech companies don't really quite get what makes something mainstream and what makes something good. And something that looks kind of dorky and embarrassing and cringe to, you know, to co-op a word used by our friends in Gen Z 
it's actually a pretty big consideration. Like that's is, this is, if you mm-hmm. want to make something mainstream, you want someone to embrace something, sure as hell don't make it look like you're wearing a fucking snorkel set. And the fact that- And it, put it, a big price tag on it as well. Three and a half thousand dollars this thing is going to cost. And the battery wow. life is two hours. It's, just, it's, it's baffling to me that they think this is going to make any, any inroads at all and not just be like the biggest white elephant they've ever produced. But Michael, the thing is, I'm still kind of thinking, do I want one? I love a bit of tech. I love a bit of tech. <laughs> you know, I, th- there's one way I think they can salvage it is if they have like, in you know, the Apple stores, they have like a, a, a demonstration area where you can put it on and you can do kind of cool things with it. I think that could potentially salvage it and it could bring it back. Mm. But it's going to need something like that, something a little bit more tactile. Because I, I think a lot of people are just going to look at it and go, that's a lot of money for a lot of indignity. No, thank you. Yeah, absolutely. And you can get it for, what, a quarter, not even a, not even a quarter of the price with another another brand. And it's a, it's a pretty good headset. It is, uh, it, it is, it is a pretty good headset. I, I mean, I, I'm someone who's prone to motion sickness, so I would get you know, stung straight away, like, 10 minutes with that thing on my head and I'd be like, okay, I feel like I'm, I'm seasick. But it's whether or not it lands for Apple and whether or not it is the beginning of finally virtual reality or augmented reality becoming more mainstream, that remains to be seen. But we, we shall see. That was actually going to be my pub chatter as well. You, you swooped in. But I'm, I'm, really, I'm really glad we actually got to talk about this because I'm a big fan of, of Apple products. I like the design. I like, the, I like how how they feel and how they use how they used uh, so this just strikes me as a completely bizarre brand decision but we shall see whether or not it lands or whether it sinks but it's good for the memes it is the so, memes right. oh I thank god for the memes oh you know, <laughs> if anything if anything goes to hell there's always the memes that's just it's going to provide us the comfort absolutely absolutely well it's it's coming up to one o'clock laura marshall thank you very much for your time this afternoon and thank you everybody who tuned in remember you don't have to just listen to this live we are now a podcast in our own right if you look up we need to talk with mjo on anywhere you get podcasts you can listen back to these episodes on demand i suppose that's the fancy way of saying you can listen to it anytime you want but as always my friends when it comes to marketing we all have issues and we need to talk. We do need to talk. Until next time, I'm MJO. We'll see you later. <laughs>